Welcome to Social Cue. I'm your host, Ashley Buffington. Thank you so much for sitting down with me today, and I am very excited for today's episode. You guys know when I created Social Cue, I wanted to create a space and a place where I could sit down with local businesses, movers and shakers in our community that are just doing all of the things to make New Mexico an even better place. And so I think today's episode is going to be fantastic, not just for someone that is maybe wanting to start a small business of their own, or you know maybe someone who wants to figure out, like, how do I start a coffee business as well? Um, a little bit of everything. And I think that today's guest has really done a fantastic job creating a brand, creating a niche, and he really knows his customer. And I think that that's a huge part in creating a really successful business. And so I'm super excited to have I have to, you know, brag a little bit, a very good friend of mine, uh, Tyson Garcia, who is owner of Rust is Gold Coffee. Welcome, Tyson. Thank you for having us. Yes. How, how does this sound? You sound perfect. Does my voice sound okay? Yeah, it sounds wonderful. <laughs> yes, your voice sounds perfect. It seems like you've maybe done this before. Well, we have a podcast. It's under Rust is Gold Racing, and uh, we're on season three. We have like 54 episodes, and our sound tech, our sound guy always says that he has to mess with my editing on my voice interesting because there's like high and low pitches supposedly oh it sounds perfect to me <laughs> well and I, I think that I can tell you're a natural I don't know about a natural yeah it took me about three years to <laughs> ease into it to get it going what about you how, how many years have you been doing this um like negative four like three months years? yeah <laughs> like it's since April <laughs> And do you like it? Oh, I'm loving it. Absolutely. Are you really? Yeah, it's super fun. Well, I mean, I think, well, I'll give you guys a little bit of backstory. So Tyson and I, we first met at UNM. We were both in education. We were in the same cohort, which, I mean, we could probably just do a whole episode on our cohort. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so I think that as a teacher, you're like naturally into like entertaining. Sure. Like, and you enjoy like talking and having conversation with people and pulling things out of people. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is like the perfect platform for that. Well, like as a good educator, as you are. Oh, thank you. I mean, you. how long have you you've been doing that for like 12 years? This is 12 no, years for 15. Us? No. Yes. Okay. So I promise. Yeah, we're that here. old Tyson. Sorry. I hate to give you the news flash. <laughs> <laughs> Dated yourself. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, you know, the kids still tell me that I look like I'm in my mid 20s. I'll take it. Oh, God. They, <laughs> they just want an A. <laughs> <laughs> they stopped telling me that a long time ago. No. Um, <laughs> for our listeners, this podcast is, are we doing, is it podcast? Well, this is, is a live show. Live show So yeah, podcast. we do record it and we're working on getting on okay. the app. Yeah. So I just want to, you know, precursor this, that this episode's going to be off the rails because we've known each other for so long. Absolutely. That <laughs> we're not going to follow. I mean, if you want to train that's going from point A to point B, it's, this isn't it. The, no, this is no. not going to be the show. Is no. We're going to derail. Totally. This a, is a probably going to be the biggest derailed episode you've ever had. Probably. And I'm I okay think with so. that. Are you good? Yeah, I'm okay. totally good with that. Um, quick story, because like you were saying, as an educator, uh, you have to be like a comedian. You have to be uh, somebody's mom, somebody's dad. You got to be everything, All right? The you got to be a police officer in a way. You got to be a detective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you got a nasty class, you really have to be a detective. <laughs> But um, <clears throat> so I'm going to take it back to like what, uh, how many years ago was that in our cohort? Like you said 15? About 15. Well, and when we were in school, it would have been about what, 16, 17 oh, years ago. Uh, probably not. No. Let's, okay. Let's say like 10. Okay. We'll say 10 <laughs> years to make everyone feel good. <laughs> so 10 years ago, we're at UNM 
And, uh, and I had just gotten out of the Marine Corps. I'm getting into education. And I had this, like, vision of every teacher had to be, like, uh, maybe that's why I dress the way I do when I'm in my classroom. I'm always, like, in a shirt and tie and slacks and, you Got know. that dapper style. Yeah, I just want to play the part. So I had this idea that uh, all teachers had to look that way. And um, we have this meeting at Arroyo del Oso, which is the elementary school that we're going to be uh, student teaching. You have to do this for like about a year and a half before they can find out if you're crazy enough to become a teacher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk into this meeting, and it's all of us college students. And like, it's totally not professional. Um, we're just walking in the teacher's lounge. We're going to meet the principal and like a couple of the staff there. And I walk in and I'm like wearing like a shirt and tie and like slacks. Yes, I remember I'm, I'm this actually. Up. And I walk in with like a little clipboard, you know, and I was thinking, okay, this is like a first impression. You got to be good. And I walked in and I saw like you and Michelle there and you guys were dressed like totally down. I think <laughs> you guys were wearing like tank tops or something. <laughs> I mean, probably. It was, yeah, totally. It was probably the end of summer, yeah, right? Like clutch purses and stuff. And I was like, uh, am I in the right spot? <laughs> Are we? You're like, wait, I, is, this, is this where I'm supposed to be? Excuse yeah. me? Is this, is this the future of education? Okay. But I was like, you know, I, surprised in a way. You know, I had this vision that like we're going to be in there and there's going to be a bunch of elderly teachers in there. And right. to a degree there kind of was. But then there was, it was what made it kind of cool was there was like this new generation of educators like yourself, Michelle, me, Jared, and a couple others that like, um, you know, we just had a different approach about teaching. We were, we were definitely younger than most of the other people coming in. And I think we wanted to do it because we wanted to be there. And, you know, it wasn't about like the paycheck and the summer school stuff that you always hear about. And I don't know. It just, it felt different for us. Well, yeah, totally. Well, and I think like our group of four, like we connected right away. And sure. luckily we had each other because I don't think I would have been able to get through that cohort with all of us, like yeah. having each other to lean on. <clears throat> yeah, there was, um, I don't want to be like rude, but like some of the people that were in that cohort, <laughs> like elderly people, like, you know, when you see somebody in, as a teacher and you're like, this person should not be with kids. Like it's a little late to maybe start <laughs> this job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should not be with kids. Who gave you, <laughs> no, I know. your driver's license? And I was like. <laughs> I don't know. Again, like it was cool that like we had some younger people in there that were willing to like take chances and just be different. So yeah, absolutely. And in a weird way, like I know we're talking about business and everything else, and we have a million things to talk about, but like that stuck with me, um, even to like this day. You know what I mean? Like the the way we kind of approached education and teaching, and being there because we really cared about the the, st the you know the students and the kids, um, and not like all those other things that come with it. Like I still think about that to this day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally do. And I think that because we were all there, like, you know, talking and kind of like cheering each other on, and we all did kind of have that new, like, forward way of thinking about education. Um, yeah, I think it really did bond us. No, for sure. You know, and, um, you know, it's, uh, I think, like, you know, I, I could probably say this too for Michelle. I mean, I know she's like a principal and she does coaching, and I know Jared a good buddy of ours over at Cleveland, he's like the head of the math department. Like all of us, we still have like these really cool bonds with our students that I don't think a lot of teachers get. I you completely I mean? agree, yeah. And if anything, I feel like the longer I've been in education, the more I've been able to um, really tune into my craft. Sure. Like sure. I'm like, it, it, it's, some things are more difficult than they were before because Definitely. of just like how things change. But in other ways, like 
things were just easier. Yeah, I mean, I think there was also like a period of time too where I couldn't go anywhere without recognizing or a student coming up to me. Yeah. And be like, you taught my sister or now it's like, <laughs> I have kids. and Because <laughs> we're old. Yeah. <laughs> Mommy, Daddy, who's this? Right. This, is my oh, this is this is my teacher too. Yeah. Which this will happen pretty sooner rather than later. Oh, it will man. definitely happen. For sure. Absolutely. But I think that some of the things. Okay. So with a teacher, I think that it gives you a lot of grit, mm-hmm. which I think is super important to be a successful business <clears throat> owner. Like regardless of what you do, you have to have thick skin. For sure. Yeah. So um, I remember us being in DC. Okay. And we were sitting in front. You got to okay. tell your listeners. What are we oh yeah, why we were there? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I'm not just hanging out in DC. Yeah, okay. So Tyson decided that he thought it would be a good idea to get me into this World Strides travel um, because he would take eighth graders to DC and New York, and so he pitched the idea to me. He's like, "Hey, Ashley, you should do it." And I was like, "Okay, well, if you're going, then I feel safe enough to go." So that was kind of what led us into it. So not only did I pitch it to you, but like <laughs> <laughs> we would have these meetings with all these. Uh, you know, parents and all the students. And I was like, yeah, I'll probably get about, you know, on a good year, I'll get like 20 or 30 students. And then I went with you to your like student, parent, teacher. Oh, like, there was open thing, And you had like 70 parents. It was a lot. And I was like, dude, there's no way we're taking 70 Yo, kids. this is not going to happen. <laughs> like I hadn't been, so I didn't know. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Small groups are better. Sure. Definitely better. You didn't get 70. You got a, a good chunk though that year. That first year. That yeah. First everyone year, was like sure. super like raging about it. Mm-hmm. So they were like all, all right. super excited for it. Back to the story. Oh, yes. Okay. So we're in front of the Smithsonian and <clears throat> Tyson's like, okay. I want to create a coffee shop. Mm. Okay. So you, first you were telling me a little bit about your vintage business mm-hmm. that you had. Cause I think that that's kind of what kind of led you into this. Sure. But I'm like super interested. It's like how you came up with the concept of leading into rust is gold. Like how did this happen? Yeah. Well, you know, this is a, it's, it's, it's kind of a long story in a way, but like, we have time. We do. Take do us we? through it. How, how many yeah, we do. <laughs> if we need to wrap up and we can do another <laughs> another you know, um, story, we can. So as, you, as long as you've probably known me, like there's just certain things that I think in a weird way, like I was kind of just born with. Like I was born with, in a weird way, like a wrench in my hand, listening to Johnny Cash, you know, drinking good coffee. Um, and just He was like a baby with like a little coffee water bottle. It pretty was really much. cute, guys. It was decaf, though. <laughs> oh, okay. My parents weren't that cruel. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, as long no, as... No, like, you create, like, the this is, like, yeah, part of your characteristics. Right, yeah. and, I, and I couldn't get away from that, no matter what. You know, it's just, there's a certain thing about, like, old school, um, kind of, like, values and then old school things that I've always kind of appreciated. And it, I've always gravi- gravitated back to that, no matter what. So, you know getting out of the Marine Corps, going to college, wanting to work with kids. I still had something that said, you know, um, I got to work with my hands in a weird way. Like it, you know, being a teacher, it's hard. You, you go home and you got to decompress a little bit. There's just something you got to do to decompress. Uh, for some people, it's, you know, uh, gardening. Other people, it's drinking booze. I don't know. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? You've seen it all. But for me, it was like I need to like shut off one part of my brain and turn on another part and so for me it would be going into the garage working on an old motorcycle or an old hot rod something like that you know listening to a record player and just kind of relaxing the mind what did you do 
what do you do to decompress? I know I'm putting you on the spot. Oh, yeah. No, I well, I enjoy working out a lot. Mm -hmm. And then, like, yoga has been, like, awesome for me. But I love listening to music, too. Sure. And, like, being in nature always really helps yeah. me, too. Hiking. Yeah. Hiking's yeah. great. No, totally. It definitely helps. Being with your cats. and Yeah. Dogs. I don't have any cats. I have a dog now. I know. Oh, you lost your cat. Yeah, though. I did. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I remember him. Yes. Bob was, was cool. great. Bob, Bob. You had a cool cat, too. Yeah, I lost him, too. Yeah, I know. That just shows how old we're getting. <laughs> yeah, we, we're losing <laughs> pets together. Oh like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we both have dogs now, so That's there, here know. we are. <laughs> so you know when you're getting older, like, this is my elderly dog that I've had since it was a puppy. <laughs> right. It's not a good selling point if no, you're uh, on a dating market or whatever. Right. But uh, so anyways, <clears throat> always had this affinity for old things. And uh, I would go back back home and I'd go see my mom and my sister and my sister lived uh, in San Francisco and there was this really cool coffee shop called Sprocket and Chain and when I first started getting into vintage motorcycles especially British motorcycles which you know about your dad was in a triumph right? oh yeah absolutely I think that's one of the things that I think like you and I bonded over like really sure. quickly is you like old things and sure. I like old things too yeah I really do things with like a, a soul some and a history heart, grease on it yeah, yeah like you can like and I think that's why well we both teach history sure it's fun to teach history because you get it, it's cool to like have a little bit of a past connected sure. to it everything's tangible right yeah you can gravitate to it I exactly mean, and that's maybe that's another thing too is like as the world changes especially like in education and it changes rapidly. You know, there's there's a, a thousand different things that they'll throw at you in one year as a teacher. You know, we have this new um, platform on Twitter that you got to use, or there's this new Google Classroom that you got to use, and everything's tech based. I sometimes feel comfort in like staying away from the tech aspect, and just again trying to find something that grounds me. So I would go in and I'd ranch on bikes and cars. And then, uh, again, visiting my sister in San Francisco, there was this really cool coffee shop called Sprocket and Chain. And they had a bunch of, like, and actually, you know, this is prior to Facebook and Instagram where you actually had to, like, search. Wait, yeah. there was a time where there wasn't Facebook and Instagram? I know. Ooh. I don't know how you survived. <laughs> did you survive? I did. <laughs> I do kind of miss those times. I'm no, not it was gonna, simple. Yeah, it was simpler, for sure. Less to do. I'm sorry, to sure. interrupt your story. So but yeah, before this. Anyways, a uh, really cool part of San Francisco. It was like this industrial area. And you walked in and it was like a warehouse, you know, in this industrial section of um, San Francisco. And there was all these vintage motorcycles along the walls. And then there was like little bays that you could rent space because it's San Francisco. Like New York, um, you don't have parking everywhere and, you, you know, you don't have a house for a garage. So people would ride their bikes in there, work on them for like a week or two. You know, there's a little coffee bar you could hang out, and then they would do events and stuff. And I was like, man, that is so cool. So a couple years later, I started seeing all these other coffee shop, motorcycle shops start popping up. And this is prior to, like, even the thought of this, you know, under the Cosms. Before that, it was like every motorcycle shop would be, like, usually, like, a brand-new motocross shop or, like, some greasy, you know, Harley biker shop that, right. you know, you kind of had to know somebody to almost get into. Like, it wasn't, like... You could just walk into a parts sp spot and just be like, hey, can I get this, you know, carburetor? And it just, there was a different feel back in, in the earlier days of like going to a motorcycle shop. It didn't have the same feel that it does now. Right. Like it, you had to kind of like know a guy. Almost. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Gotcha. You had to know a guy and you almost had to be like, as a young kid, you couldn't be like a young kid just walking into an old bike shop and expect that like somebody would, you know, treat you a certain way. Like you knew what you were talking. I mean, not that like anybody was rude, but. You just kind of had to know 
the talk and walk the walk. Yeah, well, yeah. you can tell if you're feeling like welcome somewhere sure. or if you're just like kind of there. And it's almost like like you could almost equate that earlier time to like tattoo shops. Right. So like, you know, going back to like a time when you would walk into a tattoo shop and you kind of almost had to know the people that were working at the tattoo shop because it was either like a Harley biker tattoo shop or like some punk rock tattoo shop. And those were your choices, you know, and you couldn't just walk in off the streets and expect to get treated, you know, like one of the guys. Got it. So I started noticing that these coffee shop, motorcycle shops were popping up. There was one in Venice called uh, Deos, and then there was another one in uh, <clears throat> Seattle called CC's, and there was, uh, you know, all these really cool, um, or is that Texas, maybe Austin? But uh, there was all these cool, like, coffee shop, motorcycle shops popping up all over, like, you know, all the hip cities. I guess you could say, like, Austin, Portland, New York had a couple, San Francisco. And they had this vibe that, like, anybody and everybody could go to. You didn't have to be, like, part of the crew to be able to walk in and feel comfortable. So they had a really good, like, vibe. <clears throat> in fact, like, I took my mom to, like, the one in Venice at one time. Like, that's how comfortable you could right, feel. Right, exactly. And I remember coming back and thinking, Albuquerque could really use something like this. There needs to be something that brings everybody together. And for a coffee shop, I think, to be successful... It's got to be an environment, for me personally, I mean, a lot of people could probably disagree, but I feel like it's got to be an environment that somebody that's like 15 feels comfortable in or somebody that's 50. You know what I mean? It's, it's good for all walks of life. And I don't think you find that in a lot of like the more modern coffee shops sometimes. It feels very sterile. You know, it feels like you're walking into a doctor's office. Coffee might be great, but everybody's on their laptops and they're kind of segregated and separated from everyone else. And they're doing their own thing. And to me, that was kind of backwards. I wanted something that, like, people could talk. You know, you could feel comfortable talking. You could feel comfortable asking questions. You could feel comfortable, you know, just going in and having a cup of coffee and not having to worry about, like, am I too loud? Or, you know, is this the right environment for me? <clears throat> so, you know, obviously as a teacher, we don't make a million dollars a year. Bummer, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to get too, like, uh, I, I don't want to say like political, but I don't want to get too abrupt. But uh, just do it; it's fine. I'm going to say it. Anybody that thinks teachers are in it for the money or for the summer breaks, they're fooling themselves. Absolutely, they're smoking something. Yeah, so, it's kind of a f an offense. <clears throat> like, oh, so you get off summer? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you hear that, and I kind of just time. chuckle. To yeah. be honest with you, like I know this is another tangent, but working at the coffee shop, like a lot of people there, they know me as like the flat track road racer, motorcycle guy. They don't necessarily even know that I'm a teacher. Right. So I would hear people come into the coffee shop and just say the most outlandish things about teachers. I swear. You know, about like, oh, they need to get back to school, COVID, blah, blah, blah. And I swear, it would happen all the time. And finally, like, you know, every once in a while, if I, I was in the right mood and we didn't have a crowd and there was like me and one other person, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 totally. By the way, you know I'm a teacher, right? <laughs> Burn. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> Jaw would drop, and they'd be like, okay, have a good day, and just walk out. I was, you know, I'd see him again later. I mean, not to be like a jerk well, or anything, but. Well, yeah, I mean, it's <clears> good <throat> for people to know. Well, and then what a lot of people don't know is like, you know, teachers usually will work during the summer then. Oh, yeah, we're not sure. We need to like fill our income somehow. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, why they give us summer off so we can like give us a little bit of extra cushion, sure. you know, that well, too. Not only work, but like, again, there's all these new platforms that come out that you have to get trained on by the next year. Absolutely. And, and that platform can leave in a year or two. 
Oh, yeah. Or like you're going to teach something new the next year? You yeah. need some preparation for that. Exactly. I mean, you could just throw any random person in there. Good luck. Yeah, it's not going to go well, though. <laughs> yeah. we've, we've seen what that looks like <laughs> when that does happen, exactly. actually. Yeah. So so anyways, back to it. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry so creating uh, no, creating a space where there's community. Exactly. And I, you definitely have done that. Yeah. So, you know, um, again, we, I didn't exactly have the financial means to to just, I'll be honest, it takes about fifteen to $20,000 if you're almost kind of doing it all on your own to build a coffee shop. And, you know, I'm just going to throw it out there. No, it's, that's important for people to know. It like, is. Okay, well, what do I need to even get started? Because you've been right. there at the beginning and you've done some of that yeah. legwork, so this is useful information for and sure. Exactly, and you're talking to like, for me as a somebody that's DIY, do it yourself. Um, Fifteen to twenty is kind of like on the cheaper end. You know, I'm sure a lot of people could probably dump, and I'm sure they do, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars into building out a coffee shop. I would think easily. So you know, there's, it's. It's not like you're going to recoup that within the first year. So you have to kind of play the psychological game of if I'm going to do as much as I can by myself, that's going to allow me to save as much money as I can on the long end. Right. If that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. So I, I kind of was doing the math. <clears throat> I was looking at a lot of coffee shops. I love to travel like you do. And going to state to state and looking at these coffee shops and just talking to people and filling out the vibe and you know equipment and all that kind of stuff and it probably took me a good almost like eight to nine years to actually build up not only the income but the right location for all these things to happen you know the planets had to align almost perfectly so i started off before that as doing kind of like a antiques business again being a history guy kind of buff or a guy that enjoys historical items you know i would go to estate sales and what started off mostly was just collecting um, I'd go to estate sales or I, you know, I'd go to a, a garage where I was looking for a motorcycle part that somebody had. Again, prior to like Facebook or Instagram, you actually had to go out and search. And I'd see all these cool things like oil cans or signs or, you know, gas pumps and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, that's really cool. And kind of just worked those kind of things into the deal. <clears throat> I'll buy this bike, but would you mind throwing in the sign or these oil cans or what are you going to do with these oil cans or whatever. And usually, you know, they'd throw it in. And then I started noticing that I was building up a huge collection of stuff in my garage. You're like, um, I might have a problem. Yeah, it was like <laughs> spilling over. And you really know how bad your like, you know, fanaticism gets when you can't even like walk through a garage. Right. Or exactly. you have to buy a shipping container to put into your backyard. Yeah, you're like, I'm gonna need extra storage <laughs> yeah. for my stuff. <laughs> exactly. But um I saw all this stuff and I had all this stuff and, and and I remember seeing like American Pickers coming out and all these other kind of cool shows. And there was a point in time where, you know, you could make a, a decent amount of money um, buying and selling these items. So I would go to different pop-ups around town, which is basically like a market. And I knew enough people that they would invite me in. I'd set up a booth, style it really nice, mark up all of my items, and then, um, you know, put tags on them and just basically sell whatever I could. And you want to shoot for like 30 to 40%. You know, that's the basic sales kind of scheme you're looking for. Right. And then uh, Instagram and Facebook comes out. So I start kind of creating a business for that. And I put a lot of my items on Instagram and Facebook and, uh, and create a website. And then basically from there, which is about four to five years ago, um, a lot of people would see me at these pop-ups and you know, to some people, 
making three or four hundred dollars on a pop-up isn't much but you know for a teacher again as an educator an extra 300 bucks you know that's it's paying huge. off you know a couple payments on your car that's you know some being able to buy parts for a motorcycle or a car or whatever the case is like that's pretty big so three or four hundred bucks every couple of months is pretty good and people were coming up and they're like we really like the brand we like the styling we like all the cool things you have do you have a what you would call brick and mortar which is a shop and I didn't didn't have a shop and then a lot of people were like well you need to get a shop and I would get approached pretty often about people wanting to like go in the business with me and start some sort of like brick and mortar location just wasn't quite there yet right didn't, didn't quite fill it out and then finally I got to a point where I was actively seeking locations and uh, in Albuquerque and I I knew Central was going to be kind of a, a mess I have a couple of friends that had businesses on Central it didn't feel quite safe enough I guess at the time I knew Nob Hill was going to be really expensive there wasn't anything in the Heights there hadn't been a coffee shop there in probably like 15 years maybe 20 ironically the one of the the locations that I'm at now which is called cup of, it used to be called cup of Joe's which is right next to Madison Middle School. Right. So there used to be a little coffee shop in there. I always Do you would, remember that? I remember. I drive by and I always would tell myself, I should really stop there. Yeah. And I just never but had the never opportunity. Did. I never had the opportunity. But you saw it. But I did see it. Exactly. I do know what you're talking about. So that place had been there for about 15 years. And, uh, you know, serendipitous, the, the way the world works, we ended up uh, moving in there about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, and um, really made it work. But, you know, in the last, the business has been open for about three and a half years, the coffee shop slash antiques and motorcycles, and it's gone through a bunch of different phases, ups and, you know, had its ups and downs at different points, you know, COVID and, and just business in general is really tricky. But as soon as I opened the doors at my first location, um, <clears throat> again, had to do all the build out on my own, my own tools, everything. Luckily, I have- Luckily, you're handy. Kind of handy, but I also have a lot of good friends that are handy also. Perfect. So that yeah. that's what comes into play with like working on your own stuff and being DIYs that you know enough people. And uh, you know, as soon as I opened the doors, it was really successful and things were great. And you know, I just I knew it would just take a little bit of time to kind of reach that next stage, which is where we're at now, where we have our own location and um, we're able to do our own kind of events and stuff like that. Yeah, I love your new location, by the way. Yeah. Like, the vibe is different mm -hmm. than your first spot. For sure. Um, I really like when I go in there how open it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I like an open space. And it feels, like, fresh and new, but it also has, like, some of that, like, organic, like, older kind of vintage feel at the same time. Sure, sure. So, it, like, meshes, like, the modern with right. what used to be. Well, I mean, luckily enough, <laughs> this is my third location. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so. yeah, you've had a, because you had another place over there kind of by Tin Can Alley too, exactly. right? Yeah, off Alameda. I never got a chance to check that mm -hmm. one out. So. And that was a that was another great location. It was a warehouse location. So that was kind of almost like the idea that I'd seen initially in San Francisco where it was a warehouse with a tiny little coffee bar up front. And then you have a bunch of bays for motorcycles and people could ranch on their bikes and stuff like that. And it was a good location, but it was just kind of tucked away, right? It's right. really hard to find uh an industrial style warehouse in the city that's affordable yeah definitely you know, it's it's not easy and 
you know, there were some complications with that location and we had neighbors and stuff like that. And we were probably getting pretty loud, you know, we're out there ripping bikes every night. And well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what the vibe is about, right? <laughs> yeah. But as soon as like, you know, it's a funny thing. As soon as, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I've done a pretty good job trying to be an ambassador for kind of like not only vintage motorcycles, but the vintage or just the motorcycle community in general, in general, like. I wanted the vibe and the atmosphere and kind of the look to be that it's not outlawish. You know what I mean? And right. You don't have to be an outlaw to have a motorcycle. You know, we're teachers. A lot of us have jobs. We're professionals. And I didn't also want it to be, you know, we're young punks that are out there just ripping bikes and doing wheelies and stuff like that. Like, this is a community type of thing that we're trying to build. And we're also trying to instill those kind of values, too. Yeah. Of, you know, the the three pillars of the hashtags, I guess you could say, for the the businesses, coffee, community, and motorcycles. Oh, I and love that. Like I really had to, like, you know, thoughtfully and purposely put that out there that first and foremost, it's always going to be community. <clears throat> Even if we're not making a buck, that's not the point. The point is that, like, we're trying to build something. And then the second thing always is we always want to be, again, DIY. We're roasting our own coffee. We're, we're putting out the coffee that we'd want to drink, so... <clears throat> that's stuff that we would enjoy. Sorry for that. Oh, no, you're good. And then motorcycles obviously just fits right in. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, well, <coughs> what come, well, I, the, the word he came out was gasoline, too. Like, when mm -hmm. I think of you, it's like coffee, gasoline, motorcycles, like that sure. kind of thing. So, I, and community was something that I totally talked about in my intro because that's what I think of when I look at your Instagram and what you've created. And just every time I go to Rust is Gold, there's, like, people there. That's a, it's a community. Sure. And you see people... Um, like bonding over their love of motorcycles mm -hmm. and old cars and it's really cool sure but you'll see not just like your normal typical like who you'd expect to see there but you see like I don't know just kind of your normal off the street kind of person sure. too so Kids. you're doing yeah. that yeah you name it you know the <clears throat> the weird thing about it is uh, it it motorcycling will go through a lot of phases and I think coffee shops will go through a lot of phases also. You've probably seen this around town. As our city grows and goes through phases also, you know, you'll see, I don't want to say gentrification, but you'll see this kind of like aesthetic that kind of comes in. And it's, um, again, kind of like I said, that's that kind of like modern, really hip kind of coffee shop. And that's, you know, that's all great and fine. But um, I don't think that for me personally, like, I don't feel like that would be my space that I would feel comfortable. Like it you feels a little I mean? too sterile for it you, maybe? It does feel sterile, you know, and, and like I like, you know, I like my music loud. You know, you come in, you might hear punk rock or you might hear Miles Davis. Like I want that kind of like universal feeling. And again, like I said, if, if we don't, we're not making a buck, that's not my main concern. My main concern is that we're, we're building a community. You know what yeah, I mean? And absolutely. I, I like that idea of like people over profit. Yeah. Because a lot of times what you'll see in business, unfortunately, is – when Albuquerque has another weird thing about it where <clears throat> if a new business comes in, it's the big hot thing. True. Right? With yes. like a coffee shop, mm -hmm. a brewery, a restaurant, whatever. It's the big hot thing. And, you know, the people that own that establishment, they'll make some good money right away because it's the new hot thing. And I like that about Albuquerque. It's cool because that means people are checking out new stuff. But what happens is after those couple months, you'll start to hit a lull that, you know, the next big thing isn't going to be there. So what happens for a lot of business owners is they start to stress out and they start right. pinching pennies. 
and they start doing all kinds of weird I've seen people do weird funky stuff when it comes to business you know very unprofessional things sometimes but I get it because they're trying to keep the doors open they're trying to keep their employees happy and you know try and paid and they want to get you know pay the bills but I think also at the same time there has to be a like a, a median point you know there has to be something that says okay and which I did this last year, like I, I pretty much took like a year off from getting paid because I wanted to make sure that like our employees got paid, my employees got paid, especially during COVID. So there has to be a point where you just say like, it's not about the money. I agree with you. Right, you can't take the money with you. You can't take your fancy stuff with you. In a weird way, you know, the, the coffee shop or whatever business you're in can totally disappear. But what your brand is and who you are and whatever community you made should outlast that well absolutely well and i think that if you're like the new thing and you have people who come there it has to be something that kind of hooks them to bring Mm -hmm. them back sure so if you create that community and they're like oh wow there's things going on here and you have stuff going on almost every weekend um for people to come and see other local businesses so not only are you you know driving traffic to your place and helping you know support your business on top of that you're supporting these other people with this vision and a dream too Mm -hmm. which i think is awesome no totally you know like uh the other weird thing is and i I hope i'm not getting off on too many tangents but as a young person that get that's getting into their first real business um you hear a lot of uh talk out there that you know there's money out there for small business or there's programs out there and there might be but it's really hard to obtain those you know those financial means that the city or the state's going to provide it's almost non-existent you know it's it's really hard to obtain that money and a lot of business startup business um i hate to say it but they either take that chance and they put it on a credit card or they have some sort of investment from like maybe a family member or whatever the case is gave them some money and that's their startup fund so i remember when i was first trying to to get the, the money together for the business, um, I thought being a veteran, you know, being a New Mexican, going out to look for, for, you know, money to get the business started, I thought there would be a lot of money out there. I thought there would be programs. And then unfortunately, there wasn't. Um, maybe I didn't know the right politicians or yeah, maybe. <laughs> didn't grease the right wheels or whatever the case is, but it just wasn't there. So I remember that hardship of actually sold one of these bikes that I built it was a really nice bobber and I ended up selling that to use partly for the build out of the coffee shop. But I remember thinking to myself, if I ever got to that point where I could help other businesses start up, I would do that in a heartbeat, you know? So one of the things we do is we have, um, every second Sunday we do a car show. Every fourth Sunday we do a motorcycle meetup, which you call moto meetup. And we let vendors set up, you know, obviously they have to talk to us and make sure it's approved or whatever. I hate to say it, we're not probably not going to be selling like uh, tobacco or alcohol or <laughs> CBD products. I'm right. still a teacher. Yes, absolutely. You, know, so you have to stay with your brand. <laughs> exactly. and your, Yeah, exactly. You know, if it's, if it's not good for the community, I'm sorry, I'm not, not going to support it. Um, what's good for you is good for you. <laughs> absolutely. And you have to do what's good for you and for your business. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, we do these pop-ups and I let vendors come in and just sell whatever they want. They don't have to pay a fee. A lot of times when you would, you know, do vending and you'd go to different pop-ups, you know, there's a, there's a fee associated. 30, you know, uh, bucks, 60 bucks, 120, 180, 300 bucks. It doesn't matter. Sometimes I've even seen percentages. Like if you sell wow. $500, you know, we'll, the house will take 10% or whatever. Oh, wow. There's all kinds of weird stuff out there. And I always thought, you know what, like just let vendors come in, let them set up. 
give them a chance and just see what happens. You know, what do they have to lose? What do you have to lose? So um, I always want to be out there supporting our community because, again, like this is the community that supports you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's perfect. Well, I think that we should draw a winner for you the giveaway so? really quick. You think quick. we've been rambling yeah. too much? No, we're doing even great. But <laughs> I, I know that it's like uh, people have been listening and I'm sure that they want to know, well, did I win? Okay, sure. Yeah, so we can find it. And then I have a couple of co- uh, questions for you too. Sure. Because I want to talk a little bit about your branding and stuff and how you created, you know, your vision and your concept. Because you've done a really good job. Um, You have an aesthetic, for sure. Some of these are pieced together. Uh Uh-oh. No cheating. We got to bring up, we got to bust it up a little bit. Yeah, my brother said you better pick his name. Ashley? Okay, yes. Ashley (laughs) one. Yes! Go me! Uh, Melissa Crouch. Oh, awesome. Do you know Melissa? Yeah, she's actually a teacher. Oh, well, congratulations, so that's Melissa. Perfect. That's awesome. Where did she win? She won the two bags. The two bags? Yeah, she won these okay. two bags and then your cup. Oh, you're going to give her the whole thing? Yeah, she gets it's all the bundle. things. It's a bundle. It's a bundle package. Okay. Yes, she gets all the things. <laughs> so you're not doing the slow drill? Like, oh, one no. At a time? No, okay. I do like, oh, I, I, I like to have a big, big like, you get the, the big chunk. Okay. Well, congratulations, Ms. <laughs> Melissa. I hope, yes. I hope you enjoy the coffee. Sh- she's teaching over at E Academy right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very so, cool. congratulations, Melissa. You will love it. And then um, I'll, I'll contact you on how to get your goodies. So, long story short, I'll just round this. Oops, sorry. Oh, oh, things are getting wild, people. <laughs> oh, so Tyson's loud. talking with his hands. Uh oh. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> I am half Italian, so it just comes out every once in a while. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? It's what are you talking <laughs> Do you remember that time we were in uh, Little Sicily in New York? And yes. there was that, I love Little Sicily. I yes. mean, unfortunately, like it gets condensed every time we. I know, used every to time go. it's gotten smaller. I know, it sucks. But um, we were there and we were like going to like that Italian restaurant where you'd always eat at with all the kids. And there was like that older lady, remember? She was like yes. leaning out of like the three story <laughs> building. Yes. And she was like this old Italian lady. She was like, hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Girl, this, this is so stereotypical. It's like, perfect. Oh man, why oh. did we see that? And they would just be like, um, like, kind of like trying to get us to go into the restaurants remember oh, like yeah. people would be out yeah. there they'd be like trying to hand you menus the and hustle like, come here come here come here and you're yeah. like that really teaches you like the hustle for sure it starts raining in new york guess what's yeah. around umbrellas yeah. everywhere yeah. like they just like pull them out like talk about people that know how to capitalize on a business opportunity Dude, right like, you don't see hustle until you go to new york this is true I mean, they hustle no matter what which oh. is great i love that spirit but uh long story short um we do all kinds of like raffles and giveaways. We're always doing stuff for charity. And probably, I think it was about two months ago, we actually, with a friend of ours, uh, Steve Brown from Kiki's of Speed, super fast racer too, we built uh, 350 motorcycles, like a little cafe bike. Built it from the ground up. Luckily, Steve had all this stuff together for us. And uh, we raffled off the bike. So I we were selling this. raffle tickets yes. at, 10, at 10 bucks a piece. And um, we raised about $6,000 for Saranom, which is a really cool charity. And uh, so the event was huge. We probably had like four or 500 people at the coffee shop and in the parking lot. It was madness, dude. It was insane. But that's exactly what you're trying to do. So it's great. Yeah. But it is crazy. In doses. In doses. Yeah, it is a lot. You learn a lot. But uh, so we have about four or 500 people out there and they're all coming for this event. And we have a lot of cool events and we'll get a couple hundred people, but not 500 people like in the parking lot. So we roll the bike out, and uh, and I was like, we can't get this one wrong. Like, we have all these raffle tickets in this big oil can. Like, we got to make sure we're shaking it up because there's like about three or four hundred people watching us as we're drawing this raffle ticket. 
probably the biggest item we've ever given away. Yeah, you can't make it look like it's rigged or something. No. <laughs> so you're you're rigged coffee, rigged but you coffee. don't want to be yeah. like the rigged person. Like, oh, <laughs> Isaac Garcia. Thank no, you. totally. <laughs> <laughs> so I I pull out a ticket and I look over at my buddy who's also like a business partner of mine, Stephen Mays, and I'm like, Stephen Mays, you're the winner. And literally like 300 people, like their jaws dropped. You could just see like the the jaws dropping and like the pin drop in the air. Everyone's like, what? What? <laughs> like people were so pissed. There was like, I could see people in the front row just looking at me like like they wanted to kill me. And I was like, oh, I'm just kidding, dude. It's a joke. Oh, that's great. Oh, so you're okay. Well, what was, was your friend in on it? I would have been mad no. at you because I would have been so excited that <laughs> I, I won this like, bike. I told him a few minutes beforehand. I was like, dude, I'm just going to pull a prank. Just, just hang tight. Okay, got but, it. But like people were so mad. Oh, Even when we funny. drew the w- winning ticket, it was a friend of ours that we do know. Luckily, it's a New Mexican because we had people from like California to New York buying raffle tickets. And uh, it was it was a buddy of ours named Carl, and luckily, like he won. And when he won, people were pissed off at him, like a couple. Really? Of, yeah. They're like, oh, jealous. Oh, I can't believe it. They're jealous about it. Like, like you say, like no good deed goes unpunished. Right? Well, exactly. Well, sometimes karma, you win things. Like yeah. it just happens. Well, that's funny because I had an event a couple of Thursdays ago I went to and I was like really involved in the event and I happened to have won the giveaway too. And I felt so, I felt at that moment, like I was Were like. Were you hosting it? I wasn't hosting okay, it. Okay, just giving you some backstory. What was the event? Yeah, so it was um, an event for a friend of mine. She was um, rebranding her event business. Okay. And so she wanted to throw an event to kind of show like sure. this is what I can do as an event planner. Okay. So she, you know, gathered different influencers around and things like that and we went there. We were having a great time and she drew the winner at the party and I ended up Was winning. it only one ticket? It was only one ticket. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. What did people say? They clapped for me. Like s- slow clap like <laughs> It yeah. was a glare on the side. <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. No. What did you win? I won um a brow thing. I won some K&K skin stuff. I won a tanning thing like you know how you want to get like a tanning booth yeah well kind of like they spray tan you that's what it is these okay. are the words i'm looking for yeah spray a house? tan you like in-house yeah they'll like come to your house where you can go to them oh I think. okay so it's like a portable one yeah people have these portable wow. tanning things yeah wow. it's crazy right where have i been <laughs> and then um oh some a couple yoga classes that's cool yeah so just like some fun little things okay. like that from some local businesses could you like after we did that event i was like dude in a weird way, I kind of know like what Oprah feels like when she like yes. gave away all the cars. Yeah. Remember how many people were pissed off about that? Yes. I was like, dude, come on. You get a bike. You get a bike. <laughs> <laughs> you get a sticker. You get you a get sticker. You get a sticker. Like you're like, oh, I'm sorry, he got the bike, but yeah. here's a <laughs> consolation prize. Here's a sticker. So tell me about your stickers and tell me about like how you came. Okay. Up. I really like your helmet that you have for your. Sure. Um, it's on the mug. Yeah. yeah. It's on your so, mug and. Like, so rig came from, or rust is gold, rust that is came gold. from your previous endeavor, right? right? And you like kind of stuck with any, oh, and I really like the name and I like rig too. Cause like rig is kind of like, you sure, know, sure. Kinda, it feels like, masculine. There's like a weird thing about like acronyms that people want it to be like three to four words. I don't know why. That's, yeah. It's kind of strange, but anyways. People have um, weird rules for the things they like. They do. It just is what it is. It's the matrix that's messing with us. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh. I can't take all the credit. Actually, a good business friend and business partner of mine, Stephen Mays, he's uh, did that movie Caffeine and Gasoline. Oh, okay. Did you guys get a chance to see that? No. So I'm going to do some promotion here for yeah, that. Yeah, please. Um, it was a it's a documentary. It's about an hour and I think 
30 minutes. It's a little bit on the longer side, but it's it's streaming on all the different networks except Netflix. Shame on you. Naughty, naughty <laughs> Netflix. Okay, Netflix. But Are you listening? <laughs> Netflix, I know you're listening. <laughs> yes. But it's streaming everywhere. And um, he had been working on this documentary for five years. And it's about the same thing, caffeine and gasoline. It's about, you know, cafe uh, racers and uh, rockers and vintage motorcycles. So... Um, we decided to partner up on these kind of coffee shop endeavors. I did the first one, we partnered up on the second one, and then we decided to partner up on the third. But he comes from a graphic design background. So you name it, if there was a movie or a show that was shot here, like um, Breaking Bad, you yeah. know, uh, In Plain Sight. In Plain Sight, any of those, he did like a lot of the artwork for those. Oh, that's So cool. he would like design the posters and the graphics. There's a long story about him designing the the logo for um, Breaking Bad. You know, yeah. that little symbol. Yes. With like, <laughs> like the like it's like the little chemistry. Yeah, chemistry symbol. symbol mm-hmm. Right, the the element. Um, he did that, but I guess one of the things that happens is when you design those kind of things and you put it out for the network or the show, like you don't get credit for it. Like it's out there, it's gone. Yeah. So. Once you like, it's like it's like if, if someone adopted your baby, you no longer have a connection mm, to the baby anymore sure. i guess i guess it depends what's <laughs> yeah. more important money or a baby i don't know you yeah. tell me but like every time there's like a somebody selling something with that like that little logo on it he gets like he gets all steamed, him, like, about it. steamed about it because he didn't get like a penny off of it supposedly oh my gosh yeah that's the market that's the business in the industry i guess um but anyways i think being a graphic designer is like really hard work it is hard and you know he'd been doing it for you know 15 probably 15 plus years and uh, it, it it works out really well because I might have like a crazy idea where I'm like I think this would look really good on a shirt or a mug or a sticker and we'll kind of just sit there and brainstorm it and we'll come up with like three or four concepts for each thing and then we'll get it out there and um, the tricky thing sometimes is you just never know in a weird way like what's gonna hit and what's not that's true you know what I mean so we we can put something out like a shirt and it'll sell like gangbusters. It'll be gone in a week. We'll do like 40 or 50 pressings and bam, it's gone. Then we'll throw something else out there and then it might sit for a few. So you just never know. But, you know, we're happy to try other things and a bunch of different ideas and designs. And one of the things like we always say in this business of like the rest is gold kind of brand is if we're not going to wear it or we're not going to drink it or whatever, we're not going to ride it, then we're not going to sell it. You know that's what I mean? a good so, philosophy to have. Like, if true. you don't want it, why would someone else want it early? Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Not that everybody likes my style, but... But, I mean, <laughs> you do have an aesthetic that, like, a lot of people really do like. Sure. I sure. go in there, and I like a lot of the things. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things I am a little nervous about from time to time is, you know, whether or not it's... it's. How could you say it? Like, I guess, uh, comfortable enough for, like, the female aspect of things. Because it's very masculine. Right. You know, you walk in and... It's, Again, we kind of chose it by design, but like dark kind of gray walls and like, you know, vintage wood everywhere and a lot of metal. Yeah. See, I like that. And I also really appreciate that your bathroom is really nice. Like dark? No, that's important. No, it's not dark. Or it's clean. like really clean. Okay. Yeah, no, that's it. Because like you go into like some places and if it's like kind of more like that masculine vibe, you're like, okay, well, let me see what the toilet's like. What, you expect like pee all over the toilet? And well, like <laughs> no, but just like, you know, like just like... Sometimes, like, guys don't pay attention to that detail. Like, they don't necessarily, they're like, whatever, I'll just go and pee, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) But I'm like, but, you know, I do need to sit down. So I do want it to be in a nice, nice. So I went, that was one of the things that I checked out when I went there. I was like, I'm going to use the restroom. Because that's my full review of a place. 
It's very like George Costanza. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? <laughs> we knew like every restroom in New York City. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. We could do a whole episode just on toilets in New York City. Oh, God. Remember that one in uh, Chinatown? Oh, my gosh. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember that. And did I show you the men's bathroom? Okay. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> again, <laughs> we warned the, the listeners that we're going to go on so many different tangents. Yeah, but this is important information this is for people important. to know. <laughs> if you ever go to New York City and you need to use a public bathroom, <laughs> oh we had them mapped out. We did. Like, the Met had a great bathroom. Remember that? Like, you always... Yeah, I w- you would know which one. I'm like, okay, I'm going to the bathroom here because it's a good one. <laughs> or like in Times Square, what was that? Like, where would we go? We'd go to that hotel and they would never hassle us. Oh, yeah, that hotel. Like hotel I know which one you're talking stories. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you definitely have to plan out your bathroom routes. Any no, New- this is important. It really is real important. New- you could probably tell what it, who a New Yorker is by if they know the good bathrooms in New York, right? Oh, absolutely. The public bathrooms? Yes. So um, Chinatown is really cool. Like, New York is just such a cool city. Like... You go there and you almost feel like you're in another country sometimes. Yeah, like you can go to these, they have pockets, Mm -hmm. is like kind of what I think it's like. Sure. Yeah. And Chinatown is probably like the most pocket of pockets in Mm -hmm. New York, right? You go into Chinatown, you know you're in Chinatown. Absolutely. There's like a smell of Chinatown. Yeah. And there's vendors everywhere. It's all like all the senses. It's like 5D or whatever that would be. It's like yeah. not even 3D. It's like way beyond that. Yeah, you're like, okay, I just stepped past the threshold. Yeah, exactly. And there's like, they sell stuff. The vendors in Chinatown sell, I don't know how they get like away with selling stuff. Remember like one of my kids bought like a little alligator or something? No, a turtle. Was it a turtle? He bought a turtle. And you're like, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to get this back on the plane, dude? He, he like bought a real it for live somebody. turtle. Remember yeah. he bought it for someone he was going to meet up with. Yeah. Sure. So that worked out good. Did he even give that thing back? Did he take it? No, he gave it to like his aunt or his cousin he, or something. But they let him through like. No, they, they like him met him there, us in New York. Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah. But yeah, there'd always be kids that would buy like. Um, like numchucks or throwing numb stars chucks, yeah or throwing stars like things are like we're not gonna be able to get that through security dude like don't swear, like, dude i'm not we're not making this make up. sure you put that in the carry-on <laughs> we're not on the carry-on because like you're not gonna be able to get that yeah. through at all just put it in somebody else's purse hopefully they can get it to and you i remember i had this girl one year she had like she had bought this like really cool bouncy ball and it was like glowy inside so it went through security well you know how they are about water mm-hmm. so it was like a liquid a ball of liquid and so, of course, we got flagged for that. And you know how, like, fun that is to mm. get flagged and did everything. Did they make her throw it away? No, they actually let her take it. Oh, did they? Yeah, they were being nice. Huh. That's kind of like the benefit when traveling with a bunch of kids is, like, they give you leeways. They do. They're, they're a little like bit nicer. <laughs> I, I, except, like, when they, like, want to pat the kid down, they're like, here, you're going to come with us. You can do this. And you're like, yeah, I guess. Did they really? Yeah, I had to do that once. We got to go to the room. They would usually just be like, oh, my God, this is more trouble than it's worth. (laughs) Most of the time, though. Let these 500 kids go through. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, yeah, they're like, wow, you have a lot of children. Just please go ahead. (laughs) We're Mormon. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We're Mormon. It's just like a thing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is my fifth wife. It's cool. (laughs) But long story short, okay, Uh, we're in Chinatown. And we had to use the restroom, and they have like this little court in the middle of uh, like downtown Chinatown, I guess. And there was all these. It's really cute. It's like how you'd imagine it. They have like all these little tables, little and tables, stuff. and like workers are coming out of the restaurant and they're playing like chess or Chinese. And they're playing like the little whatever. music stuff yeah, and everything like, too. Yep. Seriously, they're like playing musical instruments, and there's some dudes in the corner doing tai chi and stuff. And I was like, oh, cool, like, let's just take a break. I'd always like to, like, take a break and just, like, sit in a park and uh, observe people because that's really cool to do in New York also. And I was like, oh, man, i got to use the restroom. 
and there's like this public bathroom. <laughs> oh my God. So we go and it's all concrete and you gotta like open this metal door. You gotta walk down these steps and it looks like you're walking into like a bunker, like a bomb shelter. You're like, and I shouldn't <laughs> in enter this. And I was like, mm, oh, how bad could it be? How bad could it possibly? Be? And I open the door and it's like, it was so gross. There's like flies everywhere and graffiti everywhere. And literally there was like, I'm not making this up, like a foot of water. Yeah. Like stagnant water on the ground. And I had to like tiptoe like to the <laughs> urinal. To like, and you're like, hopefully this is water. I was like, that might be the grossest thing I've ever seen. That's, Did I show you in the bathroom? You like, showed it to yeah, me. Yeah, the like, first time you were like, here, I need to show you something Yeah, you got to see this, dude. And like they didn't care. All the people like in Chinatown were like, Oh yeah, N not even phased. They're like, "What's the problem? Yeah, <laughs> why are you like even bothered by this? It's offensive. Why are you tiptoeing? <laughs> I just walked you. Just walked through it. It's cool. The the women's is just as bad. Like, yeah, was it? Yeah, uh huh. I wouldn't expect anything different. Yeah, honestly, it's. I mean, it's an experience, but I feel like it's almost something like you have to do it. Sure. To have a part of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. perfect. God, we went on so many different tangents. How are you gonna even? Ed do you have an editor? Oh, no, this is no, just live. Just this live. is happening. We just go. Yeah, okay. we just go for it. I love it. Nice. Well, awesome, Tyson. Well, I had a wonderful time sitting down with you, and I think that you really did share some awesome things about, you know, someone who is maybe aspiring to do something similar as sure. you. Um, you know, as a teacher, you are an inspiration to your students. I know that. Like, when I worked with you, the kids adored you. They loved you. We were always their favorites. Like, mm. it's just, you know, just is how, how it is, you know? And so you're showing them that you can, like, do this and have your passion and your dreams on the other side and i think that that's sure. awesome so thank you for doing that oh, i appreciate it thank you for having me on yeah absolutely and would you share with everyone your socials so if they want to follow what rust is gold is sure. up to let me actually pull out my phone because we have like a you have a lot but yeah i want people okay. to be able so to find all of the things so tell where, where okay. can they so find the podcast first um that's under rust's gold racing and uh, you can find that pretty much on all the different platforms we're on episode 53 we're on season three um, or year three, uh, so you can go to iHeartRadio, um, Amazon, Yoohoo, all those work. Um, <clears throat> a lot of cool guests. We also have a, a YouTube channel called Russ's Gold Racing, also or Russ's Gold Coffee and Garage. Um, so we have a lot of guests that come onto the YouTube channel. We do tutorials on how to work on bikes, fix bikes, oh, little bit of awesome. racing stuff like that. Um, they're not the most professional, but we're making it work. Uh, we also have. You have to start somewhere. I don't want to sit there and edit all day long. Oh, I know. Exactly. You got to move. You got to live your life. <laughs> yeah, there's too many things to do besides editing. I don't even want to be in front of a computer. When I leave work, it's like I don't even want to see a computer. I know what you mean. I hate to say it. Yeah. Um, but uh, we also have an Instagram, which is Russ's Gold Coffee, Russ's Gold Coffee and Garage, Russ's Gold Racing, and then Yahoo, too. So if you want to come to any of our events, you could just uh, pull up any one of those social medias and find out what we're doing. Awesome. Along with the... Uh, website yeah the website too oh perfect well sure. awesome and i actually did want to talk to you about the racing so i think i'll, sure. I'll have to have you on again so okay. you can because i think that's a whole other thing yeah that no, you're totally. doing. we're trying to build up um we do long story short too we do uh i've said that like 10 times <laughs> it's totally fine long story short well, no you and i can talk forever i already knew yeah. that this was going to happen well like, we used to i mean we'd have to sit on the plane for like seven hours and then yeah. another bus ride for about another four but um we're trying to build up vintage uh, flat track racing and road racing. 
where there's a there is a local track here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. For a lot of people that don't know it, it's Sandia uh, Motorsports. Oh, cool! And it's way the heck out on the west side of town, and um, it's kind of in disarray. So we're doing our best to try and get the community out there and, and check out the races. You know, um, they've opened it up to the public now, so we'd like to see more younger kids actually get out there and race. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, yeah, let's have you on and let's talk about that and. Let's get more people out there and get you some more money and stuff to get it going. I don't want to get it going. I just want to race motorcycles. Well, but you want to help the people get it going so that you can go and race motorcycles there, right? No, totally. You can yeah. help connect the people no, that need it. You know, any kid or anybody that wants help or needs advice, we're, we're always at the coffee shop willing to help people out. So Awesome. Yeah. And then they can come there. They can see a bunch of cool bikes, too, because you have like a little garage there sure. mm-hmm. um, by really nice bathrooms. That was important. Remember, yeah. guys? And you can go there. Super vibey. Good coffee. Oh, I love your London Fog, by the way. Yeah. It's my favorite mm. London Fog I've ever so you had. you got to take a break from coffee every once in a while and go to the tea. No. Yeah. No, but your London Fog is the best one I've had. Oh, wow. Well, no, I you. really, really like it. And then you have that, um, tell them that Arnold Palmer drink you have and then so, your food real quick. Yeah. So we like also. Like super fast. <laughs> and <laughs> go. <laughs> You're on. Um, no, so we, we do benefit drinks. So every three months, um, I allow one of my baristas to pick a charity I think we're supposed to say benefit now, not charity. Okay. A benefit drink? <laughs> benefit drink where uh, part of the proceeds from that drink will go to whatever benefit of their choice. Oh, that's awesome. So we take the money from that. We'll just give it to the, the benefit or the ch- charity. So that's the Arnold Palm Tree this month. Um, it's coming close to an end. One of our newer baristas has some idea with like, uh, he wanted to do like something crazy with like Sprite and like Topo Chico and... Oh, okay. Know. I've heard of these things. It sounded a little crazy to me, so I don't know All if right. we're going to do that one. Okay. Try it. <laughs> Sorry, try Daniel. It first. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel, if you're listening. You might be 86. Yes. But, <laughs> but, um, you're getting shot down. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one of the other things, too, is we always wanted to use um, local businesses. So I don't like the shop outside of Albuquerque. So Los Ranchos provides our baked goods. They're off like 4th Street, I believe, in Los Ranchos. Really cool baked um, goods kind of uh, shop. They do a lot of like healthy alternatives. We use uh, Fork and Vegan for our vegan biscuits, which is like sausage and chicken. Good. Mm -hmm. That took us a long time to find a good vegan biscuit place in town. It's really good. I had one when I went. I had that with my London Fog and I was in heaven. I was so happy. (laughs) I really was. It's all you needed? It's all I needed. We also use New Mexico Tea Company. They're a local tea company in Old Town. And then we roast our own coffee. So... We're trying to do it all local. Awesome. I love it, Tyson. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. And thank you for spending the afternoon with me and sitting down and sharing everything that you're doing. No place I'd other rather be, except maybe the track. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, except maybe racing a little bit longer. Right. You're like, gosh darn, I have to get back into town. I have to go sit down with Ashley for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we missed the rain. It was a good day. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys. Make sure that you tune in next Friday at 4 o'clock where I'll be sitting down with Tessa Jones. And we're going to be talking about yoga, guys. I look forward to tuning in with you. I hope that you have an amazing weekend and make sure you check out Rusta's Gold because they're going to have an event this weekend there for Mother's Day and have a good one, guys. Thanks.